Welcome to the Maria Liberati Show, where food meets art, travel, and life. What does food mean to you? This week's guest, Rocco of Rocco's Dough in Miami, Florida. Rocco is an expert on the Neapolitan-style pizza. And Charlotte Jurgens, who is a documentary filmmaker who's made this wonderful documentary called Sunken Roads. And I'm going to share a recipe for an Italian-style apple pie with Italian cream. So stay with me. Well, today we're celebrating National Pearl Harbor Remembrance Day. Today's December 7th, the day I'm recording this. So we are going to have a special guest on in honor of that, and that's Charlotte Jurgens, who did a documentary called Sunken Roads. And she'll explain to you what the connection is to uh, Pearl Harbor Day, but Rocco Cabrera of Rocco's Dough in Miami, Florida is going to give us some great tips on how to make Neapolitan style pizza at home. And pizza is a great, easy, delicious food to make, especially for the holidays or really any time. And I'm going to share my recipe for an Italian style apple pie. I call it Italian style because it's got Italian cream in it. And this is also a great recipe for this time of the year to make for the holidays or really any time, but it's a, a really nice recipe to have at your holiday table. For the crust, you're going to use one cup of flour, one stick of butter, the grated peel of one lemon, one egg, a quarter cup of finely ground almonds, a teaspoon of baking soda. You're going to grind the nuts with the sugar. Then sift the flour with the baking soda and add into the nuts and sugar. Then add in the egg, the grated lemon peel, and blend this all together till it's a smooth dough, shape into a ball, cover with plastic, and place in the refrigerator for 20 minutes. For the filling, you'll need five red or granny smith apples, one half a cup of sugar, one cup of milk, one egg, one egg yolk, one teaspoon of cinnamon, and two tablespoons of flour. Place the milk and cinnamon in a saucepan and bring to a boil. Remove from heat just at the point that it becomes boiling. So you're going to remove it from the heat immediately when it does begin to boil. Place the egg and the one yolk flour, sugar in, in a bowl, whisk these all together, then pour that into the hot milk. Pour back into the saucepan until this becomes creamy and dense. Preheat the oven to 350 degrees. In the meantime, you're going to keep stirring that creamy mixture again until it becomes creamy and dense but you don't want any of the uh, flour and the milk to get gummy you, you want it to be smooth a smooth cream so you want to keep stirring it until again that it gets creamy and dense remove the dough from the refrigerator and place the dough in the pie pan 
or a long thin square pan which is what I prefer I line the pan with parchment paper and then I arrange the dough evenly to cover the bottom of the of the pan and you can use a uh, glass pan or as mentioned a larger pie pie pan cut three apples into small cubes of course you're going to first core and peel the apples then cut them into small cubes place the apple cubes in the cream mixture stir it together and then you're going to place this mixture on top of the crust then thinly slice two apples now you can leave the peel on these apples or take the peels off the peels add some color to the pie because what you're going to do is you're going to thinly slice the, these last two apples and layer the slices to decorate the top of the pie bake this at 350 degrees for about 30 minutes or until firm and there you have it a great dessert to have with some pizza that Rocco is going to tell us about and if you create any of these recipes take a picture share it on social media hashtag the maria liberati show and you'll be entered in a drawing a giveaway to win a copy of one of my books from the book series the basic art of italian cooking the book series is also available on marialiberati.com and artoflivingprimamedia.com we're going to share the pictures on my website the maria liberati show.com so please share share your pictures with us oh, hey i'm here today with rocco from rocco's dough and he's in miami florida and uh, rocco is an expert on neapolitan pizza he's obsessed with neapolitan pizza and he's kind of made it his life passion so we're going to have fun today with this and Rocco's going to tell us just all about you know even some tips on on if you want to try a neapolitan pizza and and just you know tricks and tips and what makes it so superior and and all all good things Rocco thank you so much for being here today Maria thank you so much thank you for having me and thank you yes. for the compliments oh, uh, sure. every, uh, every pizza maker always considers himself a student of the craft so thank you for right. uh mentioning that absolutely yes I think um Rocco what we we did we had discussed this before but and I thought it was interesting so you made great use of the pandemic because tell us how you got into the Neapolitan pizza I think that's all related right oh absolutely absolutely well I, I get back to uh, the name Rocco's dough how I came yes. up with my company name was I the most Google thing uh, that was happening last year during the pandemic everybody's uh, uh you know uh, quarantined and people were Googling, how do you make bread at home? Uh -huh. And I was on YouTube and me being Italian and loving pizza, I said, how do I make pizza at home? And I, I've stumbled upon uh, many pizzaiolos online and I just I discovered the Neapolitan pizza. I knew about it in the past, uh -huh. me being from New York, I had it was familiar, yes. but once I'd really discovered it, it's simplicity, the ingredients, the dough, the process, it's most, one of the most amazing pizzas you can ever eat. And I, I tried a few recipes from, mm -hmm. from pizza makers and then they encouraged me to create my own. Uh -huh. And I went, I took it a step ahead. I created my own recipe. And a year later, I, I formed the company and, uh, and it just, it's just amazing how it, it all came together. Wow. And, and, uh, oh, go ahead. Yeah, go no, ahead. go ahead. 
you will believe how um you know how how it could start from almost anyone could start it and if you have you create you create a passion for it it just comes out of you you you, you fall in love with it and i fell in love with the with the neapolitan pizza yeah. I, I, I it brings joy to my heart every time i have a chance to meet <laughs> and i well i was just going to throw in that you learned more about how to make it all online right that's absolutely. how with the pandemic absolutely. you were able to spend pandemic. time absolutely during the pandemic i was able to learn everything online Wow. Like a few master classes, I, I I studied under a few pizzaiolos, and I actually you just uh, encouraged yourself to learn more. There's so many uh, opportunities online you can teach yourself, yes. and uh, a lot of pizza makers would say the Neapolitan has a certain process which has certain standards. Uh -huh. They call it fermentation. Some pizzaiolos will make the dough within 24 hours before baking the pizza. That's like uh -huh. a minimum standard. Yeah. I I go up to 72 hours. It's like a window. Uh -huh. And uh, I, I found out from my preference, uh, more, more fragrant, more full of flavor, more digestible and more just overall delicious dough I can come out by allowing that three day process to happen. It's, it's amazing. Well, so amazing. you allow the dough, you're saying to allow the dough to ferment then for, for 72 hours, makes it more fragrant and digestible and Absolutely. all of that. Very, very tasty. And, you know, the, the greatest test you can give yourself is people normally don't eat crust on the pizza. If right. you're eating your crust, you know, you're doing, you're going in the right direction. <laughs> they start eating your crust from the pizza. They say it's so delicious. And then uh, that, 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 you know, sends a good signal to me as well. Oh, oh yes, definitely. And it goes back to, you know, Italian cooking. I always say one of the secret ingredients is time. The other one is love. So the passion, the other one is time. And that's really, you know, if you just put time into it, because a lot of the recipes don't, you, if you do them fast, you know, you need, you need to have the time. A lot of the things when I do some things, I just do it, you know, I'll start early in the morning, like four or five o'clock in the morning. You probably know if, if I, it's something that needs to be eaten, say the next day or later that day. So you, it, it has enough time to soak in the flavors. And that's really what you're talking about. So that is definitely a secret ingredient of Italian cooking is the time. And um, so I know there were some tips you had uh, told me before, maybe people can uh, do to try, you know, we don't all have those wood burning ovens that, oh, give right. it such a great taste. But are there some tips you can give us to, if we have, you know, want to try a Neapolitan pizza in our home oven? That, that's a great question. And that's how I, I, I got started. Uh, oh, wow. one, of the, one of the most lovely things about Neapolitan is is four simple ingredients. It's flour, uh -huh. yeast, salt, and water. Mm -hmm. And the way you manipulate that, the way you uh, put that together will create your dough. It, it could, just becomes amazing. Now, for the home oven, the whole the whole trick is, is say um, people say, oh, you have to buy a pizza stone. You really don't have to buy that. Uh -huh. You have a sheet pan. You, right. you put the sheet pan upside down in your oven. You preheat it at the uh -huh. max temperature for about one hour. Right. And then you make you have your dough made. It's fermented. Let's say it's ready to be stretched and put on the in the oven. Right. You you want you want to stretch your dough for your pizza. You want to just put your sauce on first, and then uh -huh. you want to pre-cook the dough for seven minutes in the uh -huh. oven. Uh -huh. Allow the crust to bubble up a little bit. You see a little color. Uh -huh. Then you take it out with it using another sheet pan, like a bottom of a sheet pan. That that's the, takes place of your pizza peel. Okay. You put it back on. You put your your remaining of your your ingredients like fresh mozzarella, basil. Mm -hmm. You put it back in the oven and you allow the, the mozzarella to melt. And that's when you know your pizza is ready, at least mm -hmm. soft and crunchy. 
And the key is with a home oven, a lot of them go to about 550 degrees Fahrenheit. You right. want to keep it at the max temperature always, and then keep it closer to the, the grilling part of the oven, like the broiler up to the top of the shelf. Right. And that's basically all you need. You don't have to have any fancy tools or anything like that. You need a, a bowl to mix uh -huh. your ingredients, flour, right. salt, yeast, and water. Make uh -huh. your dough the night before. I would suggest the night before. Uh -huh. It'll become very uh, light, very uh, soft and cr uh, crunchy at the same time. Uh -huh. Very digestible. And, that, and that's the whole thing. Allowing the fermentation process to take place, allow the ingredients to um, assimilate together and really uh -huh. become together as a nice, fluffy, delicious dough. You want that. You want to allow that time. Right. One question I have for you. Do you know why I've seen I've had a lot of people ask me and I, I don't use oil in my pizza dough, but people actually think you need to put olive oil in your pizza dough. Have you ever come across? Um, you know what? Actually, uh, that, that's a great. I'm glad you mentioned that olive oil is actually good to put in the pizza dough for home ovens cooking. It helps with the cooking uh. process. Okay, it'll, help so, the, it'll, help, it'll help with the browning of the crust a little bit. Okay. And actually, if you want to take it a step further, go a step above. Yes. If you take an agent called malt, put a yes. little malt in your, in your recipe, uh -huh. that'll help with the browning of your dough. Cook it from a home oven. You can wow. add a little bit of malt, a little right. malt to your recipe. And that with olive oil, you'll uh -huh. see it come out like, wow, this almost looks like a restaurant style. Type oh, pizza. So, but it's probably just a little bit, like a small amount of olive oil, right? Small amounts. I would say like maybe 10 milligrams or even five milligrams. And you're adding that into the dough or do you mean right. to drizzle it on top? No, add it into the dough. You add it in the dough and then before you cook, you got you, you dab a little bit on the crust. Right, and right. That, matter of fact, after the, after the first cook, uh -huh. You take the dough out, you drizzle it on the edge a little bit. And then when you put the mozzarella on the pizza and slide it back in, uh -huh. it'll, it'll the olive oil will cook on the crust, make it a little more crunchy. Wow. Now I always put it on the top of my crust, but I I'm gonna try try you adding try, some olive try, oil in the in the dough. I've never done yeah, it that way. That sounds yeah, great. So and that's how some of the tricks work for home ovens. Absolutely. Oh wow. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Yeah. I love it that people don't need any special type of equipment and all this stuff. They you need your bare hands to mix the dough either. You exactly. Know, you get a dough machine. Actually, more love comes out of your body from your hands into into the dough into the flour that makes a pizza they say when you put your hands in the flour that's a pizza so that's it kind of like it kind of comes together that way and that is, that is true i can't tell you how many places i've been to in italy where there are these uh bread bakers and pizza makers that have been doing it for years you know it's in their family and you can just taste the love you know from the bread or the pizza so it does really come out you're able to taste that if you put your whole heart and soul into something Absolutely. it really it really does make a difference so what kind of um i know neapolitan pizza has its own somewhat like a trademark on it, what's the typical or the traditional Neapolitan pizza topping? Absolutely. So we still call it the classic margarita. Right. And it starts off with the dough and uh, San Manzano tomato sauce in the mm -hmm. base, a little bit of basil leaves, yes. uh, fresh, fresh basil, uh -huh. fresh mozzarella, uh -huh. olive oil garnish, and then it's ready ready to go. That's uh, the, the Italian flag, green, white, and red. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then, and then the, the key is the freshest ingredients that we use yes. on Neapolitan versus like um, um, non, not so um, uh, like store bought, but you want the freshest ingredients. And then and you could taste each ingredient on the pizza. You right. have a good quality there. And, and, that, and that's the uh, one of the significant qualities, characteristics of a Neapolitan. You uh -huh. can, when you take a bite into it, it's like you're tasting every, you're tasting the sauce, the cheese, yes. the olive oil, 
the basil, everything together comes in one. Yes. Yes. And, and the, dough, the dough, of course, the dough. Oh, the, the dough, food. definitely. And the dough really adds. And the thing that's, I, I could just taste what you're saying, but the thing is, it's all like, it, it keeps with this idea that Italian cooking, everything is in balance. So nothing really overpowers each other, but the flavors complement each other. And as you're saying, there's not that many flavors because you're talking about dough, basil, tomatoes, mozzarella, and and olive oil. And and olive oil, pinch of salt. So that's why you're telling people they have to have the best ingredients because you only have a few ingredients to really, Absolutely. you know, capture that really flavor, can. right? No, and the it, fewest ingredients in your dough recipe as well is the most flavorful dough you can ever make. So right. it's like you're not adding fat to the dough. It's just flour, yeast, salt, and water. The most exactly. Basic How have. about the flour? Like, is there any specific recommendations you have for a flour? Absolutely. Uh, for Neapolitan pizza, you want to use what's called type 00 flour. It's right. a fine... Um, cut of the flour where it absorbs the water really well. Uh -huh. And most in, most in most places of the world, you can't, you only could use certain kinds of water. So you want to use uh, tap water. Like uh -huh. I use um, um, South Florida water and then the dough still comes out amazing with wow. that type of flour. And, um, and it's, it's, it's also for the water absorption, the hydration of the dough uh -huh. and the longevity of the fermentation. So if you want to leave the dough in your refrigerator for three days, zero, zero flour is the way to go with a high protein percentage. Oh, um, that, helps, that helps uh, keep the strength of the dough and the gluten. All day. It's a lot of a lot of science behind it. We can get into another conversation. About yes, that. it's ke Definitely. kind of like chemistry. But the one thing, yeah, I want to point out. So zero zero flour. I've noticed a lot of just supermarkets carry the zero zero flour. Now, I used to actually carry it back from Italy, have suitcases full of it or have it sent back because I had always had a hard time finding it here. But now because people are aware of the zero zero flour, there's a lot Absolutely. of supermarkets that do carry that. So uh, yeah, and you can you know, find it. Some similarities like a, like a, like a bread flour, even something that has a right. high protein content as well that could absorb the water and able to ferment and handle the fermentation for that uh -huh. amount of time that you want to you want the dough to come together. And wow. Really and that's, that's important too. That ingredient is, is important because people think, okay, flour, I just use any flour or any tomato. And you pointed out the San Marzano tomato, which Absolutely. people can find, unfortunately, if you don't grow them fresh, because you can grow them fresh, but if you don't, um, well, now it's not a time for fresh tomatoes, but you, you can find them canned. Um, and so the San Marzano is a really superior quality. It's a sweeter tomato for those of you that haven't tasted that. So absolutely. all these little nuances, right, are important. Oh, absolutely. I and mean, one thing I wanted to point out is, uh -huh. uh, see, there's a lot of type zero zero flowers on the market, but not right. everyone is specifically designed to make Neapolitan pizza. Okay. It's the W rating in the dough, and that's the, that's also a key factor. It's it's actually the strength of the dough that can handle the hydration and the fermentation. Wow. So you want a flour that's around 280 to 330 W rating. And then we could we can get into that further about that. But generally, supermarkets carry that type of uh, zero zero flour, like Caputo as a great yes. brand. Yes. That's the chef flour. I use that a lot. You see that in the supermarkets. And that's an ideal dough for Neapolitan pizza. I mean, flour. Yes, Caputo is an old Neapolitan uh 
brand and uh yeah that's made for um definitely if, if, if you get caputo you you're in the right direction right yes there. you're going along the right you're line. in the authentic neapolitan uh definitely absolutely absolutely the, the simplicity of the whole pizza and the fact that it cooks under two minutes because you have to cook it within a uh, professional oven up to 900 degrees Wow. And um, the ideal one is coming out in 60 seconds. And it's, it's amazing how it all comes together. Yes. And Neapolitan pizza also for everybody to know, because there's all kinds of different pizzas. Um, the Neapolitan pizza, I love it because it's thinner, right? It's got a thinner crust. Than... It does. It does. It's, it's a thinner, thinner base. And it can have like what we call the cornicione, a little oh. puffy crust where it has a lot of air pockets. Right. So you think it looks like a, a little dough in the end, but it's actually full of air. And when you right. bite into it, it's soft and crunchy, very light at the same time. Yes, it is. It's it's light. It's not, you know, people because in Italy, you know, sometimes you can order. It looks like this gigantic plate with one pizza on it for one person. Yeah. But it's not like you're really ordering a whole pizza like you get in the U.S. It's a real thin crust, like you're saying, and it's actually very light. So it's not it's the like same. A, it's like a personal, a personal size pizza as well. Exactly. One person can enjoy it and then go for a walk where um, other samples of pizza, when you eat it, you want to take a nap. It, it, yes. There's it, a difference of, uh, of the weight of it as well. <laughs> yes, def so. uh, definitely, definitely. That that's um they're all really, really great tips. So Rocco, tell everybody where they can so they can find you in Miami. Absolutely. And I'm I'm all over the social media platforms like Facebook, Instagram at Rocco's Dough, okay. R-O-C-C-O-S. And my website is Rocco'sdough.net. I am a mobile caterer, so I bring the party to you. Great. And I, I uh, cater at people's uh, events, carnivals, yeah. people's houses, and um, pretty much all over Miami with my little Fiat Cinquecento. I have the classic Italian car as well that it brings oh. my company around. <laughs> oh, wow. That's great. Yeah. That's great. I'll show you a picture one day of it. Yes, so. definitely. Send that. Send that to me. I love that car. Um, well, that thanks so much for being here. And I'll just make a little mention that, you know, stay tuned because Rocco may be doing, we may be doing a virtual pizza class. Um, coming up in 2022, I'm planning some uh, interesting I'm classes. I'm really excited that to do that with you. Yes, really I'm, excited I'm excited too. So keep post, you know, keep posted on social media, and I'll uh, we'll be, we'll keep you posted as to when we'll be doing a cooking class. So maybe you can learn how to make uh, Neapolitan pizza the way Rocco knows how to do it at home and your in the comfort of your own home, with your own oven as well. Yes, yes, definitely. That's the most important it's, 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 thing. Uh, pizza is a lifestyle. It's a work of art, and then you see it come to life. You 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 understand what I'm talking about once you do it. Exactly, <laughs> and you know I I love it because it's such a simple food. You can just use so many things for a topping. Real, I mean, you know, obviously the Neapolitan, the traditional, is what we talked about. But, you know, if you just want to throw a quick meal together that's really healthy, you can actually still make it healthy and and put almost whatever ingredients as long as you have a good dough. Absolutely. You know? and that, that's the key. You just said you just said it. Excellent. That's yes. definitely it. A good dough. So that's that's great. Rocco, thank you so much for being with us. And uh, you know, we'll be I know we'll be seeing you in the, in the near future and uh look looking forward to doing that virtual cooking class with you. I'm so excited. I can't wait to do that with you, Maria. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Viva la pizza. Yes, viva la pizza. <laughs> is, is right. Yes. Okay, ciao. Ciao now. Talk to you again.
So today I have a special guest with me. Charlotte Jurgens is a documentary, really talented and award-winning documentary filmmaker, right? Charlotte, I saw that you won all these awards already. Oh my goodness. Thank you. <laughs> yes, really ama amazing. I was just, I can't believe you. So you did the documentary when you were 20, right? Mm -hmm. Oh yes. my gosh. Well, anyway, I don't want to spoil anything. So um, I'm going to let Charlotte tell us a little bit. So the documentary is called Sunken Roads. And again, it's um, Charlotte Jurgens is a really talented, award-winning documentary filmmaker. And she's going to tell us about this beautiful documentary. And um, I guess I'm going to just start off and say, what was your inspiration for doing this documentary? Um, so thank you for that question and thank you for having me on the show. Um, my inspiration for the film was my great grandfather, Pat Hanna, um, who was a soldier in World War II and landed on D-Day. Uh -huh. And I never had a chance to meet him because he passed away in the 90s before I was born, in uh -huh. the early 90s. Um, and yet my mother, when she was in her early 20s, um, right before he died, mm -hmm. was able to do an interview with him, this audio interview. Oh, wow. And he had never wanted to talk about the war before, but oh. he realized it was his last chance. And he really kind of opened up in this amazing oh. way in this interview. So wow. even though I never met him, oh. I had this document of, of his voice and he has this amazing gravelly deep voice. So uh -huh. As a kid, I was always just fascinated with his voice and with this recording. Uh -huh. And so when I was um, a sophomore in college, I became increasingly interested in history and World War II history, particularly. Uh -huh. And I knew the 70th anniversary of D-Day was coming up. Mm -hmm. So my academic interests started to merge with this family history interest and, um, to make a very long story short, I ended up uh, joining up with a group of D-Day veterans who were from my great grandfather's same division. And wow, I didn't realize yeah. they were from your great grand grandfather's same division. Oh, that's really yeah. what that that's even more special. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we traveled all through the areas where my great grandfather yeah, the areas that he would have seen um, right. and the areas that were like these soldiers, um, their route from World War II. So right. that included um, where they trained in England and uh -huh. then crossing the channel to Normandy and then all the various French towns that they liberated during the war. And of course, Omaha Beach. Right. Um, and so we became very close very quickly. And the film became much less about World War II or World War II history right. than about memory and friendship and age as well, because they were all in their 90s and I was 20 when I was filming it. So wow. we created these friendships that spanned a 70 uh -huh. year difference in age. Um, and so that's really what the film is about at its heart. Yes, definitely. It's just there's so many beautiful touching touching things for for the documentary that being one and the many you know other things so um i guess we should mention but you did give a premise i was i was so excited about having you on and i i told you i just watched the trailer so mm -hmm. i was kind of excited that i i didn't really give 
a whole lot of the premise of the documentary, but I think you just did now so people know a little bit more about what it's about. But I wanted to ask you, I know on your website, you told people what Sunken Roads, what where you got that title. So I mm -hmm. wanted you to describe that because I, I wasn't aware of this also. Sure. Um, so yeah, let so, us know how you, how you came up with that title. Yeah. Um, when we were in Normandy, there were some areas that we went through that are, were really, you know, kind of uh, the major locations that, that anybody who knows D-Day history would think of, mm -hmm. um, including the beaches, including these major towns that are, you know, kind of historic sites. Yes. Um, but then because we were there for so long, um, we ended up kind of getting into the more backwoods locations that um, meant a lot to these veterans. And in some cases were the locations that they revisited in their nightmares for 70 years after the war. Um, and in looming large in that, uh, in, in that part of the trip were these sunken roads. Um, which in France, in France, they're called Les Chemins Creux. Um, and there are these kind of tunnels of roads that are sunk into the earth and are surrounded on either side by the bocage, which are these very thick hedgerows. Uh -huh. And originally those were kind of used to separate farming fields rather than fences. But during World War II, it became this kind of perfect ambush country where the Germans would you know, if you have a group of Americans proceeding along this sunken road, which is really like a tunnel where uh -huh. you can't see anything on either side, uh -huh. they take out the first and they take out the last and everyone in between are stuck. Oh. And it just becomes this horrible, horrible thing. So right. for a lot of the veterans, memories in the sunken roads were haunting them after the war, even more than memories of the beach. Uh -huh. So for me, the decision to name the film Sunken Roads has a couple of levels. And one of them is, you know, I think in a more kind of metaphorical yes. space, the idea of memory being partially buried and yes. um, the, the work of trying to kind of move through memories that are only partially accessible. Yeah. Um, but also because of the fact that for a lot of these veterans, the parts of the war that they remember that they felt um, compelled to revisit and talk about mm -hmm. aren't necessarily what you'd think of. And, um, and I think that that's something that makes the film special is that we were there long enough to kind of really um, get pretty deep into, into uh, both, both their experience and their memories of the war, but also into the, terrain where it, where it all transpired. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. And it's, you know, I don't think we do enough to, um, to honor our veterans. So that was the other thing that I just loved about this. It's a way to honor them and their memory. And I know my, my great uncle who was in the war, he used to, when he got older, he's gone now, but he used to talk about different things, you know, little things in that happened in France and he even had some songs he would tell us that were, you know, from 
that they used to sing and mm. and just all kinds of interesting things so anyway i i just think it was so great that you honored them in that in their memories you know in that way because not everybody um has a chance to experience you know you had your your great grandfather who you had the audio and you mm -hmm. know i had a great great uncle that was in but not everybody does have a chance right. to experience that so i think it's also a beautiful way to uh to make people know about that as well so um i know there's so many exciting things happening with the film and rightly so it's just really a beautiful film um tell tell me you were telling me so it's december 7th is pearl harbor day is that right yes yeah and in pearl harbor in hawaii they have at the at the pearl harbor museum right they're doing kind of a series of events that began in november and will right. continue on until kind of mid late december uh -huh. in honor of the 80th anniversary of pearl harbor which right. is this year uh -huh. um and we're really excited that they've selected Sunken Roads to be wow. the final event of yes. their um, their screening. So oh, wow. that's going to be on December 19th in Pearl Harbor. Okay. Oh, that's great. That's really exciting. And um, Charlotte, so tell everyone where they can get to uh, to watch the film. Sure. So if you go to sunkenroads.com uh -huh. and then you go to the events page, so that's yes. sunkenroads.com slash events, right. you'll be able to see the various um, virtual cinema options that we have right now. So okay. the film was just in theaters in New York and LA in person. Okay. And we're really excited that many other theaters have picked up the film, but virtually, which is, yes. I think, a great option during COVID because Definitely. a lot of people don't necessarily want to go to a theater in person Definitely. and it also means that you know people who live in live anywhere can access yes the film so if you go to the events page any uh virtual cinema option uh -huh. you can access from anywhere you just pick which local theater you'd like to support with your ticket uh -huh. um and then you rent it and you can stream it for a few days Oh, that's great. That's great. Yes, I, I agree. I think it's wonderful that it's available online because that's absolutely right. Not everyone can get to a theater. And even if they can, they may not be in close proximity to mm -hmm. one. So it just right. everybody and anybody can really see it, which is which is also a, a, a good thing as well. And Charlotte, I think you have your own website, right? I do. Yes. It's just charlottejurgens.com. Charlottejurgens.com. Yes. 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 I, you know, I just want everybody to go to your website because <laughs> we're going to keep our eye on you. You are, you. I'm sure you're going to be coming up with some more great and amazing things. Thank you. Um, definitely. And this is your first, I guess, official documentary project. Is that correct? Yes, this is my first feature length documentary. Feature -length doc um, oh, wow. Yeah, I'm working on a short and I'm also working on a second feature length documentary right now. So that's oh. exciting. Um, yes. Yeah. If, if folks actually go to sunkenroads.com and sign yes. up for our newsletter, um, <laughs> if you sign up for the newsletter for Sunken Roads, I'll keep you posted about future projects as well. So yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm going to do that too. And yes, please re reach out when you uh, have your next project. Thank I you. started, I saw that you have another project in the works. That's so wonderful. And Charlotte, much, much success um, for this film. And uh, like I said, I'll put the link on, on my website so people will get to see that if, 
who my listening audience didn't get a chance to write that down i'll put the link up there thank you. and we'll definitely be watching for future projects from you really appreciate it thank you again for having me you're welcome charlotte good luck with everything thank you take care thank you take care okay bye-bye bye, -bye. bye. Thanks for listening to the Maria Liberati Show. And thanks, as always, to my producer, Britton Roselle, and this week's guest, Rocco of Rocco's Dough in Miami, Florida, and Charlotte Jurgens, the documentary filmmaker of Sunken Roads. And you can find me at marialiberati.com, my book series, The Basic Art of Italian Cooking, on marialiberati.com and artoflivingprimamedia.com and Amazon and Kindle. And you can also find me on Twitter at Maria Liberati, on Facebook at Chef Maria Liberati, on Instagram at Maria Liberati, on LinkedIn at M Liberati, on Pinterest at Maria Liberati, on my Roku channel, The Basic Art of Italian Cooking by Maria Liberati, on the Maria Liberati channel on YouTube, and the MariaLiberatiShow.com and share recipe photos that you may have uh, created from the recipes that we give on any of these episodes. Share the recipes, hashtag at the Maria Liberati Show, and share it on social media, and you'll be entered in a giveaway for a copy of one of my books from the book series, The Basic Art of Italian Cooking. The book series includes The Basic Art of Italian Cooking, The Basic Art of Italian Cooking, Holidays and Special Occasions, which is all about holiday memories and recipes and menus, especially for the holidays. You know, that book won the Gourmand World Cookbook Award, and it's actually become a holiday favorite around the world. And last in the Basic Art of Italian Cookbook series is the Basic Art of Italian Cooking Da Vinci Style. So check out the books again at marialiberati.com and artoflivingprimamedia.com. And please like and share the episodes with your friends. And you know, we do have a feature on my website, the marialiberatishow.com, that asks you if you have a favorite nonprofit that you would like us to feature. Nominate your favorite nonprofit and uh, we'll contact them and try to do a feature on them. So please share that. Go to the marialiberatishow.com and just fill in the information for us so we can contact them. Until next time, peace, love, and pasta.